This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. If everybody had a podcast across the USA, then everybody be talking about the Beach Boys today. You see, it's time for the summer. This is for your dads too. An episode that's brand new. Bacon sell hooray. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well done. That was off key, but that's okay because we will get sued. Then otherwise. we came in off key as well. Yeah. We're, we're not singers. Well, no. I mean, I'm Joel. I'm Kent. I'm Zach. And welcome to Bacon Cell. <laughs> that was interesting. Zach wanted to say he was a singer, but we no, didn't I'm let him. No, I'm not. Zach is Joel a singer. Joel is the only one who says that I am, and He's I'm He's a not. musical performer. I'm a uh, We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our game show show. Yeah. That was such a fun show to do. It was so fun to go back and watch all those clips for yeah. me and then to talk about them. I hope we brought the same sense of nostalgia to you. Uh, we had, had a, a comment blast. from Shane Hyatt who said, I had a teacher in high school that let us watch The prices Right the last few minutes of class. I wish Bob Barker was still the host. It was a lot better with him. Well, Which maybe that's how we saw it. Maybe we watched it in school. He's dead. He's dead. Bob uh, Barker? Bob Barker. Who's not? Yeah, he is. No, he's not. No, he's not. Hey, come on. He's not. Google it. Google it right now. He's dead. He's not dead. He's got to be. Nope. Nope. Are you serious? 96 years old. Super old. 97 at the end of the year. What? Yep. I'm so sorry to the family of Bob Barker and Bob Barker himself. But he probably couldn't do the show anyway. Yeah. And then Jim Smith said, originally for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you took a written test. Disney put on the quizzes. You got a coin for taking the quiz. They emphasized that if you weren't chosen, you weren't a loser. You were an unchosen contestant. I don't know where my coin went, but I was an unchosen contestant. I did make it through the phone quiz a couple of times later when they did that screening too. Never got on. Oh, man. Also, did you see that Mike and Terry Finley were at the tryouts for Deal or No Deal yeah, as well? They said that you were, oh, did you see us there? And I'm like, yeah, probably. Like, you Yeah, were, and I was like, that would have been awesome. He was wearing yeah. a kilt, obviously. That would get you on the show normally. Exactly. Uh, didn't. So yeah, that uh, we got uh, some feedback from that. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you very much. We also have a new iTunes review what? we want to share. Thank exactly. You, thank you. This one's from Firetruck421. They say, so new episodes every Monday. But the show has become one of my favorites so much that I stay up till midnight every Sunday because that's when the episode releases, double Ooh, exclamation point. They know when they release. They really are my favorite podcast, and they'll probably be yours too. Aww. No exclamation point, just period. <laughs> <laughs> I find that helpful. I, I did too. That's, yeah. that's very nice. Thank Fire you, Firetruck. Fire 421. 421. Seven, yeah. 17 yeah. out of 20 patrons found that interesting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you very much. I mean, it's kind of weird. They know exactly when our shows post, but oh. I'm glad we have a schedule. That Is they know this that. you, Joel? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. well, speaking of patrons, I also wanted to say we have a new patron. Welcome to Evan Sandquist, Hi, a Evan. new $3 patron. Thank awesome. you. Getting those bonus pecan bits. Which we do every week now. Yeah, oh, we don't do. hold us to that. Yeah, no, we I, sure try. On this one, we just talked about Zach's car accident. Yeah. Listen to that. With a surprise as well. Dun, dun, dun. Zach got a surprise. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, but also speaking of patrons, I have an apology to make. Oh, what, what? Why? Somber. What? Somber. Um, so Wait, we don't apologize on big. I well, hold on. I don't apologize. On <laughs> I do. And I feel bad because Drew Cutler has mm-hmm. been a patron uh, of the Bacon Council for a while now. And one of the rewards of the Bacon Council is you get a Joel parody song. So, <gasps> oh, I've never been it's here been for a while. It's it has been a while. And uh, since we've done we did a whole string of them back when we started the Bacon Council. And yeah, but it's been a while. One so I have take, a song. One take. I'm hoping. One take. <laughs> so I, I did this song for Drew, and I, I was working on it for a bit. I, I think it turned out pretty good, but we'll see. We'll see if Drew likes it. But uh, I can't wait. Here you go, Drew. Here's your Bacon Council song. 
pockets for Drew. Only Drew. It's for you. He's been around all over town. He is constantly traveling, but he listens every day. Say something wrong, it won't be long. He'll correct us on Twitter <laughs> while conducting the drunk train. Yes, the Bacon Council welcomes Drew to the fold. Yes, he lived in Porto, where he served with, served with Joel. We reply to Drew, he replies to you. He comments with passion and zeal, and he'll tell us all how he feels inside. Thank you for being you, Drew. Thank you, Drew. Wow. <laughs> you went grunge there for a bit. I went a little too Eddie Vedder. I, didn't, uh, that was, I was supposed to go better. My higher register candle box. But, uh, uh, no, uh, it's it's all Eddie Vedder in the 90s. It, it all yeah, turned Eddie Vedder. Drew. Yeah. Thank you, Drew, for being a member of the Bacon Council. <laughs> awesome. uh, hope you guys enjoyed that musical interlude. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but thank you. And uh, speaking of music. What are we yeah. talking about today, Zach? We're talking about uh, the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys? Are they still a band? <laughs> well, Shouldn't be. Well, is this the oldest subject we've ever discussed on Bacon Cell? We have done well, Oscar movies. We went way back. That's true. We did but go this is like singularly stuck kind of in the 60s era. And mm-hmm. granted, still going on. But we are going to cover the Beach Boys discography. Now, there's a couple reasons we're doing this. First of all... Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, it's summertime. You know, this is summer music. And right. what says summer more than the Beach Boys? Nothing. And then secondly... <laughs> this sounds like the beginning of like a whose line is it anyway. <laughs> like we're, <laughs> yeah. It's a sales pitch. Like whenever they, Nothing. Whenever they go to like send it over and sing a song. Uh, yes. But also, uh, this episode will actually air the Monday before Father's Day. If you don't know, Father's Day is coming up on June 21st. So are you saying in order to be relevant, we're pandering to music that dads generally like? Well, what I'm saying is this episode is for your dads. So if you haven't gotten a gift for your dad yet, and then you forget by the time June 21st rolls around. And you've already gotten him Ford V Ferrari. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And every every World War II movie. (laughs) Give him this episode of Bacon Sale. And even more, the the songs that we're going to be discussing today, we're going to create a Spotify playlist that you can also give to your dad for Father's Day. Full of Beach Boy songs. Yeah. Uh, you could find their greatest hits, but why not just do the Bacon Cells favorites? Because <laughs> <laughs> those are obviously the actual best. Yeah. So we have a lot to talk about because I took way too many notes and I went really deep on Of course Beach you Boys. did. Wow. But, I, but, but there's I wanted, so much to cover. They have, what, 34 studio albums, they right? Have, well, okay, so they have 30 studio albums, 8 live albums, 55 compilation albums, and 71 singles. Uh, um... I would like to think that I'm a pretty big Beach Boys fan. I didn't know that okay. at all. 
I actually criticize bands like BTS or popular bands now because they come out with a new album every year to keep hype going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But looking at the discography of the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. Sometimes were, it's two albums in a year. They were literally coming out with three albums per year for their <laughs> first three years. So in 63, 64, and 65, three albums per year. Yeah. That's why it's they sound insane. the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Zach, are you the enemy this show? Is that what's going on? I love on? the Beach Boys. Well, before, that's what I was going to say. Before we get into like the history of the Beach Boys, I want to know your personal Beach Boys experience, fellas. So let's start with Zach. Zach, what's your Beach Boys experience? I actually, uh, I've listened to the Beach Boys my whole life. My grandparents had a proper jukebox in their what? house. Did it take coins? Um, I, well, he had it rigged. My grandpa had it rigged, so he didn't need to. Nice. But you could go through and you could pick the songs, and it was like the chest style. Anyway, the song 409 was like my song as a kid. I was really young, so I don't really remember, but apparently they would throw that on, and it starts with the revving of engines. So you were born I, at like 53 years old. Yeah, I would I would <laughs> yeah. like dance around to that song, and I loved that song. And so ever since then, I really did grow up with the best of the Beach Boys, and a uh, big fan. Okay. Wow. Kent? In 1993, I was 12 years old. And I went to St. Louis to visit my cousins and they had this state fair, but it was more of a glamorized state fair under the St. Louis Arch. Uh And there was this huge fair called the VP Fair and they had a a concert every night. And my uncle took us here and he said, you know, go Romerano. We're with my cousins. And so we were just causing trouble. All of a sudden, everyone was staring at the stage and they're like, now introducing. Remember, it's 1993. So well past its prime. Right. The Beach Boys. People are going crazy. And I was like, oh, boring. (laughs) I was like, oh, all these old people are watching the Beach Boys. I'm 12. I didn't care. I knew a few songs. Right. But I really like Kokomo, maybe. I really didn't care. And then they said, and introducing our special guest drummer. John Stamos. <laughs> you saw John Stamos, and John Stamos. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's John Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> and so I paid attention. The Beach Boys with John Stamos. Well, not really the Beach Boys. Was my first concert. So in St. Louis, Missouri, 1993. Wow. Other than that, I didn't really care. Really? So before that, you didn't? My mom really liked them throughout time. This is about the dads, Kent. Yeah, but no, my, my dad really liked the Beatles. My mom was a Beach Boys fan. My dad liked both. Did he? Okay. I yeah. mean, I don't know if you can like both. Is that okay? It's okay. Like, I think it's perfectly yeah. fine. In fact, we're going to talk about that, how they actually kind of interacted with each other. Yeah, crossed over. But yeah, that would be like apathy, general apathy until maybe even the past 10 years. Until Uncle Jesse got involved. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Full house. For me, my dad is a sneaky devil. Because every time we would go to do a fun summer activity, like we'd drive up over the pass to go to a, up at Camp Atoka mm-hmm. or for a 4th of July party, or we'd go to, we'd be going swimming, or we'd go to the beach, he would play Beach Boys. And so all of us kids associated Beach Boys with going to do something fun oh, to the point okay. where all mm. of us, like we hear the Beach Boys, and I do it with my kids now. In fact, I, when I start, I, I listen to a lot of Beach Boys for this episode specifically. Yeah. And as I was listening to it, my daughter, one of my, my oldest daughter actually popped her head in and just said, are we going up to Camp Atoka? And I'm like, you do the same songs and everything. I do, well, the same Beach Boys. I just put on Beach Boys. The okay. Beach Boys greatest hits kind of stuff. Wow. But I, I've been a big fan of the Beach Boys since I was a kid. Like, I'll get into it later on, but I was very young when I started my love for the Beach Boys. Not that I like, I don't know, I, I, I kind of, the Beatles I could identify as like four distinct individuals. And I mm-hmm. can tell you, you know, what John sang and what Ringo sang. To me, the Beach Boys was this conglomerate of just one Beach Boy, you know, and okay. I couldn't tell them apart, know much about them. Yeah. And so I knew some of them. I knew some, you know, uh, Brian, you know, Mike and things like that. But yeah, it wasn't until doing this episode that I really kind of got a distinct image of who was who and what happened to each one of them. Yeah. 
because it gets a little dark at times. Yeah, that, I think their whole history may be a little dark. Yeah. So we're going to get into the history now, uh, and then we're going to talk about our top five and bottom five uh, Beach Boys songs. But uh, let's begin, first of all, by saying these were a bunch of young punks. When they started out. Well, just they were kids. They yeah. were Brian, I think, was they said 16. Yeah, when he started was, recording. So he started listening to his dad play the piano at 16. And he was able at that point to dissect the harmonies of popular bands at the time. A lot of doo-wop bands, for example. And so he started teaching his family at 16 how to sing background harmonies. And when he says family, it, like, it's his like, brothers were 11. Yeah, 11 and 14. Like yeah. these kids. And so when they when they got out with their first album, I think he was 19 when they got out the first yeah. album, which means the other ones were probably about 16 or 16. 15. Yep. And they were making a hit record. It's kind of insane to think about that, this garage band. Well, it's just this prodigy who was born for this. Yes. And the original lineup consisted of Brian Wilson, who mm-hmm. was the oldest, uh, Dennis Wilson, and Carl Wilson, three brothers, their cousin, Mike Love, right, and then their friend, Al Jardine. So it was like the Jonas Brothers with their cousin and buddy. Yeah. But like, yeah. he's actually Please don't talented. diminish it. <laughs> Please don't diminish it. I like point. how I try to make it relevant by bringing up a band so from a decade 100 ago. 100 million albums. <laughs> How many of the Jonas Brothers sold? Like 90 million. Probably. Yeah. So yeah. And they they are like, I want to point out that this is like, unless you're rolling your eyes about the Beach Boys and like they're a pop bubblegum group, they really had, they've had over 80 songs chart worldwide, 36 of them in the top, US top 40 and wow. four topping the Billboard Hot 100. Like they, they were a, a powerhouse in music and many people yeah, have pointed to them as an influence. So they were kind of bubblegummy, but yeah. Yeah, sure. So they actually, so when they started, they came up with the original band name, the Pendletones. Yeah, Mike Love came up with that because it was a play on uh, Pendleton, a style of woolen shirt popular at the time. A very preppy sort of name and band at that time. And really, I mean, Dennis was the only surfer in the group. Yeah, it's funny. They immediately jumped out of the gate with surfing music. Because it was popular at the time. And generally it was instrumental at the time. Yeah. But then, you know, they decided to go with it. But yeah, Dennis was the only like legit non-poser. Yeah. And then you have Brian as kind of the composer, arranger, producer, kind of mm-hmm. the leader of the group. Brian Wilson. That's yeah. who the leader of the group is. And so they started as the Pendletones, as Ken said. So they got a record deal. Yeah. Like you said, in 1961. And that was when Brian was 19. They recorded a, a demo of Surfing. Yeah. A producer at the label actually said, ah, Pendletones doesn't work. Mm. Like the one, eat, one Eaters doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to name you guys the Beach Boys. And I wonder what happened to the Pendletones. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because it says in the in Wikipedia, the source of knowledge and truth, that actually says the band found that they had been renamed to the Beach Boys. Like they found out when yeah. the album came out. Like, oh, and we're like, the Beach Boys. Sure, Dad. They were going to name them actually the Surfers, but they found out there's another band that had that name. Yeah. So it was going to be the Surfing, Surfing by the Surfers. And I don't know how much we want to get into this, but their dad of the Wilson brothers, Murray, Murray Wilson, was their manager for quite a long time, far too long. Well, and it was very controlling, very abusive. Yeah, I mean, the there's brothers. the varying accounts of how abusive he was, but there actually is. You can go out and find a recording of them. I listened to it, like a 30-minute recording mm-hmm. of them trying to do a take of, I think it's Help Me Rhonda. But uh, he comes in and keeps criticizing them to the point where Brian has to go in and be like, look, what's the deal? What do right. you want from us? Being the oldest brother. Yeah. And it's interesting he let them get away with this because their sound is a California sound. It's all about like the youth culture of surfing cars and romance. And you wouldn't think this very strict father would allow that, but he was kind of a, a guy who never achieved success on his own. He was just, he had some songwriting uh, hits, quote unquote, right. but nothing as big as But then the he was boys. like living through his very talented family. Yeah, his, his boys, like three yeah. of his kids and, and the, his nephew and then their buddy. Yeah, uh, exactly. But they are actually one of the few bands that survived pre, mid and post British invasion. 
Yes. Because the British invasion came out and it like when all the British, well, if you don't know what that is, all the British musical artists came over to the United States and people started liking that music more than anything that was produced here in America. Yeah. And the Beach Boys were one of the few bands that actually survived and people actually still listen to them. And it's crazy the influence that goes back and forth. And, and you're not wrong about that. Like in the 50s, you had a lot of doo-wop bands and, and great harmonies and these boy bands yeah. and everything. They took from that and made their own sound, but that could only last them a few years because the British invasion changed everything. It really did. Well, in fact, the uh, both Beach Boys and Beatles, the Beatles mm-hmm. shared the same U.S. label. and Capitol Records. Capitol Records. And Capitol Records started to kind of give the, the Beatles all the attention and kind of to shove aside the Beach Boys. And the Beach right. Boys were like, what the heck? We still want to make music. Uh, but they actually stepped away. All Summer Long was their last kind of surfing in cars album. Mm-hmm. That was in uh, 1964. And so like in 1965, they started to kind of move away from that and try to do different types of music. Well, it's interesting by this point, Brian was 23 and he was already this big time music producer. Yeah. Well, we and like we said, three albums yes. in three years or excuse me, nine albums in three years. So three albums per year. So nuts. And, and with Brian Wilson doing most of the writing and that and writing for other bands. In fact, yeah. he wrote Surf City, which I always thought was a Beach Boy song. Jan and Dean. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote that for Jan and Dean and his dad was furious. He said that was probably our first major song and you wow. gave it away. That punk. Well, well, I mean, it's just the talent there. It's, it's there's so much to go on. Well, and sadly, Brian, I mean, it took a toll on him. Well, because, we'll get there. Well, no, because at this point, he actually suffered a panic attack on 1964 after they performed. And he just decided he didn't want to tour. He wasn't into the touring performing aspect. He wanted to write and produce. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. But then he kept getting pulled into the touring. He also got into, well, recreational drugs. Uh, marijuana, LSD. It feels a little bit more professional than recreational, <laughs> especially for a lot of yeah. these band members. He, and that's the, the sad thing is, is as I read through the entire history of the Beach Boys, it was him. Like he actually said that it helped him get into a, a headspace that could help him create, mm-hmm. but it also kind of burned him out. So Not kind of. It literally burned him out. Jumping back to the British invasion and how you said there was this crossover with the Beatles. Yes. That really affected his mind frame a lot. Yes. Because at that point, he, there, there was this competition between him and Paul McCartney specifically. Yes. So the Beatles came out with, I believe it was Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul. And Brian Wilson was like, okay, we have a surf sound and that's cool, mm-hmm. but I need to do more. Yeah. Like his brain would not stop. And so they came out with Pet Sounds in right. 1966. Yeah. And it kind of raised their prestige as a rock group. Yeah. And they had this album. Well, not only raised prestige, like it changed their sound. It evolved. It did. And everyone started to hype them up as the U.S. Beatles. Right. But it's actually kind of interesting because like they were influenced by Rubber Soul, the Beatles album. Mm-hmm. But then Paul McCartney has stated that. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band was inspired by Pet Sounds. Yes. So like they had this kind of back and forth like, oh, you did that? Let me counter move here. Oh, you did that? Let me counter move Have you here. seen interviews where they talk about each other or to each other? Like in, in I interviews? I read some things, but I never, saw, I never watched an interview. It's funny, like, because they've hung out. They've been at parties where they were probably under some sort of substance that neither <laughs> can remember. But they were not friends, but talented associates who respected each other. Right. They, they, they both talk about the influence. Well, here's the, here's the sad thing too, is that not, I don't know if sad thing's the right word, but unfortunate thing is pet sounds was influential, but they also released a best of the beach Royce compilation around the same time. Mm-hmm. And it did much better than pet sounds. And that yeah. kind of was devastating to Brian who poured his heart and soul, not in hindsight, but yes. Yeah. He poured his heart and soul into this album and then, didn't do as well as their old surfing hits. And so he was kind of like, oh, you know, what's the point? Yeah. 
But then he dove into this album titled Smile, which yes. included chanting. This album idea he had and songs he was recording included chanting, cowboy songs, explorations in Indian Hawaiian music, jazz, classical tone, cartoon sound effects, and yodeling. And Capital was like, no, we don't, we don't want that. He was at a point where the Beach Boys were touring without him. So you had Mike Love, like, uh, I think Dennis or Carl were, was leading the band at that time. Mm-hmm. And you had Mike Love fronting vocals there. And they would come back from a, like a really long tour mm-hmm. and they'd go back to their beach home. And Brian Wilson had dozens of strangers there. And these weren't just hippies. These were symphony musicians yeah. or people that were throwing keys from hand to hand, just trying to get different sounds. And they're like, Brian, what are you doing? Like, quit taking all these drugs because yeah. we just need to release albums. Like, we need to release albums so we can go on tour. And he said, no, guys, our next album is going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. Yes. So he worked and worked on Smile. In the meantime, by the way, Carl Wilson refused to be drafted by the military service and was arrested by yeah. the FBI, which was a big scandal back Yeesh. then. And then in, in late 1967 or mid-1967, he scrapped the idea of Smile. It just wasn't going to happen. He put all this work into it, and then he kind of broke down with mental issues. Yeah. And he's like, I just, I just can't do it. The mystique around it yeah. became larger than what the album could ever be. It was the best unreleased album. It was, and I'm sorry, because it feel, I feel like it adds some tackiness to the Beach Boys, but it is the Snyder cut <laughs> of <laughs> old albums, because everyone's like, release it. Just release smi- the Smile Sessions. But like, then what they hear did, what it is. But here's, here's my thing, is like they keep talking about how great this album is. Mm-hmm. But then he says, I can't do the full smile. So let's just do, let's just do the pool and sing. Let's like put a well, couple tracks in here. Because he got in trouble. Yeah. Like everyone got after him. And then he's like, fine, we'll just do this. The smiley smile. Smiley smile, which is like the... The, the Joss Whedon cut. The, I was going to say the Malto Meal version of smile. <laughs> You're right. It is the Malto Meal version. It's terrible. It's terrible. There's so many... Ba- There's some good songs on there. Yeah. But most of it is terrible. And, and we are leaving off like mentions of the hits that came out yes. in these years because the hits were so prolific yes. that it defined certain years and certain movements in music. And we'll, go, we'll talk when we get into but the songs. It was when Smiley Smile was released that everyone went, oh, I don't know if they're hit makers at this yeah, point. Maybe, maybe they've lost it. Yeah. Uh, especially when in 1968, Dennis befriended Charles Manson. Yeah. Uh. So uh, they met, I believe, at a party. And then uh, Charles... Well, Ma- no, actually... Uh, oh, like, no. Yeah, it was the time in Hollywood. It was the hitchhikers. It was like that. Where That's he, right. It was Dennis picked up two female hitchhikers. They stayed at his house and kind of became his servants. And then Charles Manson rocked up well, one day. So what happened was Dennis was talking to these people, to these, to these hitchhikers. He, he, he encountered them a couple of times where he'd pick them up and take them back. And then they were like, hey, uh, he's talking about the, how they met the, the, was it the Maharaja? I can't remember. They, he met mm-hmm. some mystic and they're like, oh, we have a, a spiritualist leader as well. His name's Charles Manson. Yeah. Would you like to meet him? So then they met up. And then what it was is Brian apparently met him at a party and Brian was not interested. Right. And Dennis was like, no, no. Uh, met Charles Manson. He's a writer. He's a singer. We should, we should do his record. And Brian was like, no, never. I'm never going to do that. But one song did make it. Uh, one Charles Manson song did make it. Uh, he wrote, Charles Manson, the mass murderer, if you don't know who Charles Manson is, wrote a song called Cease to Exist. Beach Boys rewrote it as Never Learn Not to Love, which is on their album 2020. And they changed some things. They changed the music. They changed the arrangement. He was not pleased. Charles Manson was mad. You don't want to make Charles Manson mad. You don't want <laughs> to make Charles. Well, you can now because he's dead. <laughs> sure. Unlike Bob Barker. <laughs> don't equate those Manson two. Dead. <laughs> yeah. And then Dennis was mad at him because Charles Manson 
moved a bunch of people into his house, was mooching yes. off him. They were they took spending so much hundreds money. Hundreds of thousands of dollars from and him. And so he said, I'm not going to give him credit for this song. So it just made him so angry. Well, he paid him off with a motorcycle and some cash. But Charles yeah. Manson was still upset. But it's actually it's changed. a very sad ending, too, because Dennis Wilson is the one who introduced Charles Manson to a producer mm-hmm. who lived at a house. And later on, that producer moved out of the house and Rowan Polanski and Sharon Tate moved in. Right. And that was when the Manson murders occurred. Crazy, crazy time in yeah. Hollywood. But apparently the whole, <laughs> like the once the upon world, a time, yeah, right? the whole Wilson family feared for their lives. So that was a kind of a, a scary time. And Brian actually at this time had another breakdown, admitted himself to a psychiatric hospital. So things are not going very well for the Beach Boys at this time. So pause real quick here. Have you guys seen Love and Mercy, which came out 2014 with... I did um, not. Brian, you know? With no, um, Paul Brian, Dano. Paul Dano. John, yeah. John Cusack. And John Cusack. Yeah, I didn't uh, see it. No, I wanted to. I recommend it to everyone, everyone who cares about Beach Boys. And honestly, if you don't, it will make you care because it shows the this time specifically we're talking about Paul Dano plays Brian Wilson when he was going through these mental breakdowns. Yeah. And the drugs started taking place and then he started having issues with the band and it's wonderful. And then it shows him 20 years later, played by John Cusack still having issues because truly the tragedy of Brian Wilson is heartbreaking. It is because he seemed like one of those guys that just got trapped. He got trapped in this bubble of you're a genius, create well, something amazing. I he think, got in his own mind. I think he Andrew. was, I, th- I think he was genius. Like truly, I think he hated the, being called that though. Yeah. I think the music this man would have produced if he had some support and would have been great. Drugs. And less drugs for sure. Because like you look at someone like Paul McCartney who was, writing so much inventive music at that time. And his his writing partner generally wasn't John Lennon at that time, like leading into the, the 70s. It was Charles Manson. <laughs> Thankfully, no. But George Martin, their producer, was just inspiring him to do this stuff. George and R. Martin? <laughs> he, de- he never writes. He no, never writes. The he other never one. finished the song. He's still working on one. But if we had Brian Wilson with knife. some sort of support, whether it's a brother or whatnot, someone to say, hey, I can help you with that. I think Smile could have been great. I think the follow-up stuff would have been great. Maybe he would have broke off the band and done his own significant stuff, but it never happened. In fact, he was taken advantage of financially by his uh, psychologist for years. And that is also part of the movie. So I recommend everyone see it. Well, and so that's the thing is like, it's kind of sad because at this point, once uh, Brian had his breakdowns, they all Mm -hmm. got into drugs, the band started crumbling. And in 1973, American Graffiti came out with this big, huge compilation of nostalgic hits. Right. Yeah. And one and two of those, Servant Safari and All Summer Long, were the, the Beach Boys. And it kind of created this wave of nostalgia where they had kind of a second kind of like boost in popularity. But the problem is they were falling into in they were falling apart. Mm-hmm. The band effectively split into two camps. You had Dennis and Carl Wilson on one side, Mike Love and Al Jardine on the other side, and Brian kind of stuck in the middle, like you said. Yeah. And he had to keep going back and forth. In uh, I think later that later in the late seventies, Dennis declared he was leaving the band because of a fight they had mm-hmm. where he said that he wasn't appreciated. Brian overdosed in 1982 on a combination of uh, dr- um, uh, cocaine and drugs and alcohol. Cocaine and drugs. That's the same thing. But right. yeah, other drugs. Is it? Uh, I wouldn't drugs. know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then he did go through extensive therapy. And while he, there was definitely some issues there, it helped him kind of get hit back in his regular headspace and slimmed him down from 311 pounds to 185 pounds. Yeah. Like, Whoa. yeah, he was, he, he kind of was in a very bad place, but Dennis Wilson and, and Mike Love had such big tensions. They actually had to at one point get a restraining order yeah. uh, for the other one. So they couldn't be around each other. And there's so many issues here. Like whether it was like all the capital sold their 
all their back catalog mm-hmm. of all their 60s stuff for 4.9 million, like yeah. our equivalent. And it's at this point, so the Beach Boys got none of that. Yeah. Um, at this point, it's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It's just crazy. And then if we want to jump ahead a little bit, talking about like Dennis, so the tragedy the that hits the band. So they didn't want, because of what happened to Brian, they were concerned about, you know, recreational drug use and mm-hmm. alcohol abuse. And so they told Dennis, you get clean, you go to rehab, or you don't be, get to be a part of the Beach Boys. Right. So he was, uh, he was going to check into rehab, or he did check into rehab. But then he accidentally drowned at yes, the age of 1983. 36, in 39. And it was, he was actually on a boat. He was throwing things overboard in a fit of rage. And they went to go recover the items that he had thrown. I think he was by himself. Yeah. And he drowned, sadly. Yeah. So just one of those tragic stories. And I remember as a kid, when I learned about the Beach Boys, and I'm like, oh, these guys are so cool. And I learned that one of the Beach Boys had drowned. I was sad. I remember being very mm-hmm. sad, and I thought it was while he was surfing. Oh, I, in my kid brain, it was like, oh, they're they're Beach Boys. They're always fitting. surfing. Yeah, he, he drowned while surfing. And it was so sad to me, and it's still very sad. I'm not well, saying it's not. And at this point, I mean, there's the you know the legend of Brian staying in his bed for two years. Yes. If you if you hear the famous B and L song, yeah, oh, yeah Brian B&L, 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 just like Brian Wilson, Wilson did. did. We can't say bare naked ladies. No, we can. It's a band name. Yeah, it's a band name. That's a nudity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so all this was happening. Uh, and I think it was right around the time that Dennis died that Brian became completely estranged from the group. There was no really more did. even writing credits or anything at that point. Yes. Although I think there's only one album. And I I listened, gentlemen, in the last couple days, I listened <laughs> to all 30 studio albums Whoa. in chronological order. And I, I read up on each one as I kind of listened to it. And I was, I was literally, I came to recording tonight with an earphone in. And I was talking to Kent and then I went, oh, okay, I'm done. That was the last one. Does it make you appreciate them or does it kind of homogenize them? Does it kind of make it all sound similar? So it really turns into noise, just kind of, you know, background, pleasantish music mm-hmm. for most of the 70s. And then occasionally one would pop up where I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Or, oh, that's a terrible one. But what I wanted to say is, having read through it, I think there's only one album one studio album by the beach boys where there is no involvement of brian wilson like in some form like no new involvement it's one where they do this kind of cover they they do basically they just do a bunch of crap songs and there's one that cover save it because it's coming up when i talk about it yeah long story short we've already gone way too long and also well carl did pass away from lung cancer in 1998 Mm -hmm. i believe it was and that's actually when they took a big hiatus after that after Mm -hmm. carl passed away and granted there was a hit 10 years earlier, which we'll talk about at some point. And there were scattered albums. They've never, they really did become a straight up oldies band. And at that point, Michael Love owned the name, the Beach Boys, even though he was really just touring well, with he, nobody he else. He could not get it. He could not get be called Beach Boys until after Carl passed away because mm-hmm. there was so much legal stuff in between, in between yes. the Beach Boys. And they had so many, so much infighting that they couldn't use the name and they couldn't tour. And it was all going back and forth. But it's kind of weird because Brian is technically a part of Beach Boys now, mm-hmm. or, but he doesn't tour with them a lot. Occasionally, they will occasionally get together. For well, there are obvious reasons. Like the Bad Blood is, yes. they will do reunions for specials and whatnot, but right. the Bad Blood is too real. I've actually seen Brian Wilson perform like mm-hmm. in 2002. In uh, person? Yes. Well, oh, I was wow. actually at a taping of David Letterman. Went to the late show with David Letterman. Oh, interesting. Elizabeth Hurley was there. Nice. And uh, then Brian Wilson was with the band and it was the weirdest thing because he would sit there completely motionless, completely expressionless for 
the the segment, whatever segment was going on. And then when it came time to play, he'd wake up, play like and get into it. And then he'd sit there just motionless and expressionless. Really? It was like he was an animatronic robot. It was really bizarre. So to he watch. could perform when it was time. Yeah. But it was other like he than that. He put on the show. But he's in he his own just, headspace. Yeah. And I think that's where he is now, sadly. So there you go. You know, so there's so much tragedy. There's so much early success, experimental music, and then tragedy that happens to this band. But the legacy of this band, like Rolling Stone ranks these guys as the 12th greatest band of all time. Many of their albums, which I'll mention, like Pet Sounds is their number two album of all time for Rolling Mm -hmm. Stone. Uh, Like you said, they've sold over 100 million records worldwide. And they have inducted into the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988. So I would say the three of us would urge everyone to to give these guys a listen. To think of them more than just a pop summer fun hit. Yes. Summer fun group. Like they're not a pop group. They're a rock group. Mm -hmm. And it just happens to be surf rock and then uh, experimental rock. Exactly. So let's get into it now. Like we said, that you know, we want to give a history just to give you an idea of like, because I actually learned so much because like I said, I, I love the Beach Boys, but I didn't really know anything about them. So I was glad to be able to learn a lot more about individuals and who they were. Mm-hmm. But now let's get into the, the fun portion, shall we? We've yes, gone through the, the shareable portion, the educational section. I uh, hope your dads appreciated that. Yeah. Hi, dads. Happy Father's Day. Also, if we got any facts wrong, we're sorry, but I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> told me. You've never been wrong. <laughs> So now we're going to get into our top five and bottom five. And Zach, are you going to be joining us on the top five and bottom five? If it's all right, yes. Yes, no, please, please do. do. Yeah. Do you, you want to go worst? Let's go first? worst and first. Yes. Yeah, so okay. Worst? Our, our bottom five first. There are so many bad songs. Yes. From the Beach Boys. But some are like, they're bad songs because the lyrics are so simple. Mm-hmm. But some of them are okay to listen to, even though the lyrics are so cringeworthy that... Yes. For my list, personally, it's just ones that I would skip if they came up on a playlist. This is very much a personal list for me, too. Okay. Although I will say, having listened to all 30 albums, there was a couple that popped in like, I didn't know that one before, but it's making my bad list. <laughs> well, and, uh, is it hard to pick five at that point? Yes. Yeah. Well, and on mine, I know that they have... You can't have 30 studio albums and have them all hit. No. However, I actually took my bottom five from the hits. Like, oh, My really? list is comprised of like it's it had to be on at least one uh if not multiple greatest hits albums oh, I because went, i went deep tracks no i i went with the mainstream. this is going to be a good mix i think hopefully and this is going to be a spotify playlist even with the bad ones. we're not the bad ones but no to. one should hear i these know that bad there's songs. people on my bottom five that love these songs so yeah mine are fine well <laughs> zach do you want to get us started with your fifth worst choice my fifth worst choice now i will say on also on my list I only have one song on either that is past 1966. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. No. All of mine mine that comes within those first few years. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Are you ready for the hate you're about to receive? I got to look at mine now. Oh, mine only go up to 67. Both and your bottom? My bottom. That's my bottom one. Tell me more about your bottom. (laughs) Family friendly. (laughs) My number five, released in 1966, is... Sloop John B. Sloop John B. It's your number five worst? It's my number five worst. It's the top of my bottom. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) I, uh, I... It feels like a really long three minutes. This is a fun song. I three like minutes it. is long for the Beach Boys. I like it for a minute, but it feels really long. Acapella part is so fun. Is it? Home is it? The song is largely pointless. What? It is. It's not. Something it's not anywhere near my bottom five. This is like, this is like a, a Caribbean uh, folk song. Like they, I, I read all about it. Like I was trying to figure out what the heck this song was about. Yeah. 
It's one that I, I thought I knew the lyrics until I read the lyrics. And I was yeah. like, oh, it's not what I was singing. I always thought it was a cover that they did, but apparently. It is. Oh, it is. Well, I mean, they took a folk song and kind of made it into is a. Is that what they did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I actually had a mission companion who would sing part of this. Like when he was in a bad mood, he'd be like, home, let me go home. Want to go home. <laughs> let me go home. Get it? Home you want to go mission? home? Yeah. Feel so broke yeah. up. You want to go home? Yeah. Uh, this I is get the it. worst trip I've ever been on. Yeah. Uh, I, but okay. I like this song, Zach. It, I, I, I will, like I said, my bottom is on Greatest Hits albums. Oh, man. Is it because the instrumentals at that time weren't very... There was yeah. a lot of depth to them, maybe. Or? Maybe, maybe that's it. I think I, for me, it's the list. My list is the ones that I tire of quickest. Would I, you I skip get this track? This Absolutely. I would not. Absolutely. This is almost, this maybe is, a little. I'd listen to thirty seconds. We should probably it. tell you guys that. Uh, so when we were talking about top five, I said, "All right, can we do? Maybe we do top seven. Wait, maybe we do top 18. <laughs> yeah, and we had to could stop top you. Top twenty-three, and you're like, "Stop, stop it!" I have so many ones that I love, and that's one of them. When you're like, can I do the top 24? And I'm like, if you do 24, you, you're you really only doing like four because they have only made four different types no, of songs. Wrong. There and are that so listened, many songs that say surf or surfing or surfing. Right. That, well, they were producing three albums their, every year. It's their cash cow. Yeah. All right. All right. My fifth worst Beach Boy song is. Oh, come on. Are you kidding? You're like my sister. Come on. I pulled my family, Ken, uh-huh. and uh, I pulled them. I said, I want to know your top five and bottom five. And I, you know, I wanted to get some ideas. Yeah. My sister put that in her bottom five. I immediately attacked her. <laughs> so you're going to attack me? Yes. Your sister is brilliant. She should be on the show instead of you. How dare you? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let me, ask How you this, dare you? let me ask you this question, Joel. How old were the Beach Boys when that song was released? He was born in like... 49, I want to say. And that was so. in like, what, 88, right? 88. So he's yes. They're in their 40s, 50s. That, that's a really weird song to be singing at 40s. It's about hanging now, out on the beach. That's what old men do. It's, it this, feels like they're coming on to This the song hit number one. It was their first number one in two decades. Yeah. Uh, 22 years. Yeah. Hit Thanks, number cocktail. one in the U.S., Japan. Uh, yeah, from the Cocktail soundtrack. And Which then they put it on an album. Yeah, it's not good. Um, Great soundtrack, though. Blender magazine gave this the 12th worst song ever. Blender. Okay. Yeah. Take your cues from Blender. I know. Well, I am this time, but I don't like it because when it suits you. Exactly. The there's lifeless vocals. It's so enthu- unenthusiastic. It wants to be deep, but it's just Michael Love trying to reclaim what the better Beach Boys had 20 years earlier. Wow. And he's he like, claimed it. He's like the jock that never left high school, and he's like. We could still be cool. I no, could still play can't. football. He used to sing songs about surfing. Now he's singing songs about lying on a beach in a hammock. That's totally the progression. Like when you're done, but the when Beach you're Boys, surfing. the Beach Boys had evolved at that point, and then Mike Love was like, uh, "We were famous once for something." They evolved, he, but they were they were the strongest when they had been their previous evolved. No, because Pet Sounds is literally when they were their strongest, mm. and we'll get there. I was sixty six, but this officially turned them into an old classics band that was just trying to cash in on the nostalgia of the surf rock days, and this led to their worst album, which happened four years later, which was directly inspired by this song, hmm. Kokomo, which doesn't exist, Smiley by the Smile way. Smile is the worst album. Smi- the Smile Sessions is quite good, though, hmm. when The Smile Sessions was actually released. Hmm. But Kokomo, fifth worst. I could have made it higher, but Terrible I did choice. that for you. Terrible choice. I did that for you, Joel. It's an extremely popular song, but <laughs> Look, I actually think it's a good pick. Both of you, you guys are both terrible, because uh, <laughs> both of you picked songs that were actually good. I went for the second song, on their first album. So they come out with Surfing. It's like mm-hmm. their big hit. Surfing is the only life, the only way for me. Like that really kind of fun hit. Mm-hmm. And then they go into a track called County Fair. Hey, hey, 
this, this is the chorus. This song is, yeah, this is like 30, 40 seconds into the song. So they, they do like a little oh. verse about, it's all about the singer taking his girlfriend to the county fair trying to win a prize. And then after not winning any prizes, she falls for a stronger guy who can actually ring the bell that, with the hammer thing. But it's just like they start with the chorus and then they get into, or they start with the verse. And when they get in the chorus, it's that carnival barker going, hooray, hooray. And the girl going, come on, give me a koala. Ugh. Honestly, it's when this really when this song starts, I'm actually kind of into it because it kind of sounds like a, I, I like 60s country western, yeah. like a Johnny Cash style music. It's really cool. And then that starts happening and you're like, Ugh, immediately like, turn it off. Like this is the literally the sophomore slump because the first song's like, oh, yeah, surfing is it? Yeah, that's awesome. Right. And this one comes out. And you're like, what? Like that is a bad song, that's gentlemen. better than Kokomo. No, it is not. I would listen to that one out of curiosity. Kokomo. Uh, you would not. I would. Kokomo sounds so good on a good. Like my dad had a nice stereo sound system with a lot so of bass. When you had no Kokomo taste sounds when you so were good. eleven, it was fine. True. When it was overplayed. What'd you watch when you were eleven? Austin Powers. <laughs> that was fifteen, <laughs> <laughs> and I had no taste. Yeah. Bermuda. Yeah. So so far I'm winning. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, hardly. Okay, so we're going to keep the bottom five, right? Bottom yeah. five. Bottom five. Number four. Number four. Mine bottom. is from 1964. Another controversial one, I'm sure. Don't worry, baby. Oh, oh. come on. Don't worry, baby. Here, I want to like it. One. I want to like it. I really do. But again, it just comes down to when it's on, I'll listen to it for a bit, and then just I want to move on. No, really, I'm not a fan. This is such a good slow one. Like, yeah, it's a nice little ballad. It, it, it mixes it, it, it is, up. Uh, I think I, you guys I, just hate slow beach. Hey, hey, no, no, no. I, hey, two, I, I like that two song. Two or three on my list. I, I'm saying I like the slower stuff, but I that just one. Like, I just hate the soulless stuff, Joel. That's why I hate Kokomo. Mm. Oh, yeah. This is it's got soul. Save it for the I hate it's Kokomo show. You'll oh, that's, that's this one. Okay. Uh, yeah, but that's mine. I know. Um, I, I really want to like the song, but again, when it comes up on my list, I skip it. I love the harmonies. I love the music. Heartless. I know. I only picked hits as my bottom five. My number four came out in 1962 for Surf and Safari. It is. Oh, yeah, the root beer song. Chug a lug. Chug a lug. It's a root beer song. That's what we know that as. The lyrics are atrocious. It's just about the band hanging out outside a root beer stand. And they're just talking about girls and talking about drinking root beer. Because they weren't of legal age at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they're talking about cars and music. And Gary likes the girls in tight black pants. Larry knows he doesn't stand a chance. Carl says, hurry up and order it quick. Like, they're just talking about themselves drinking root beer. And these guys are so good at harmony. Like, mm -hmm. that is what the Beach Boys excel at. Really, it is. Yes. Just the, the backing harmonies. And the harmony in this song is, is atrocious. It doesn't actually mm -hmm. gel well together. No. They hadn't yet found that. And so this song, I would skip all day long. Joel, what's your number four? My number four is a personal choice and it actually has nothing to do with summer. So this is Santa's beard off of the Beach Boys Christmas album. And I... So I don't know what, maybe I was beat as a child while listening to this album, <laughs> but I get so sad every time I listen to this, this, the whole entire album, but specifically Santa's beard. Really? Because it's about a kid who goes to the mall to meet Santa Claus and he finds out the guy at the mall is not actually Santa Claus. Yeah. And because he pulls his beard off and pulls the pillow out, pillow out and he's crying. And for some reason that traumatized me as a kid. So that is the one song on the Christmas album that I absolutely will skip over every single time. This is a very much a personal choice. But Santa's beard, no, no. I much prefer the Ambi Giant's Santa's beard. Yeah. Lyrically, the Beach Boys always like skew a little bit too young 
in their songs, whether they're 70 and singing to 20-year-old beach women or they're talking (laughs) about being kids at the mall. Some songs are so entirely too simple. Well, it's funny, too, because this song, this this album was a hit. The Beach Boys doing Christmas was like a a big hit in Mm -hmm. the U.S., and they tried to follow up with Merry Christmas from the Beach Boys, but the label said, no, we don't want that. It, it's terrible. So they didn't let him release that. And they ended up releasing parts of that uh, with this album on Ultimate Christmas. But Beach Boys doing Christmas, it's a weird thing. It's like Neil Diamond doing Christmas songs. A little yeah, weird. Sure. But, but sometimes this, it works. This song, sometimes absolutely it doesn't. no. I love Beach Boys Christmas music. I'm okay with most of it. But you're right. That one's not great. Not good. Hmm. So once again, I win. Okay, let's go around again. Number three. Number <laughs> three right. worst. Number three worst. Only doing the hits from 1965. Help me, Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. For a guy who said you love the Beach Boys, I'm starting to think you don't love the Beach Boys. I'm, I'm starting to think I don't love the Beach Boys because the risks I you're taking. So, wow. I get so I got tired of so many of these songs. I'm like, oh, that one's a fun one. Is it the simplicity of that stuff? Do you like it when they actually get smart about their music? Well, when they when they're in there and it's the it just over and over again. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help. But me, it's Rhonda. not about what they're saying. And then it's it just gets louder. It just it, it's, it's not the what they're so saying. Boring. It's how they're saying it. It's it's the whole like the way they're singing it. Yeah. It's like the lyrics are kind of second to what the music I is. I don't need good li- and you'll find on my top list. I don't need good lyrics. I just find that song so sometimes you do need. It's not like Beach Boys are terrible at lyrics all the time. No. Like they can find beauty there, but you're right. There's so much simplicity in that song. Yeah, it's. It has, like, I think we have trick. to include the worst now because you guys are including some really good tunes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I told you I would. But there we go. All right. This one came out in 1971. It's written by Mike Love, Jerry Lieber, and Mike Stoller. So Brian Wilson had nothing to do with it. And this song is atrocious. Student demonstration time. Oh, yeah. This is the Beach Boys trying to come up with a revolution. Yeah. Yeah. The Beatles Revolution. Yeah. The Beatles Revolution. Except for other artists at this time. And so this 1971, they were so clever and maybe even a little bit more subtle. Whereas this one just says, stay away. There's a riot going on. And they speak very simply about a riot. And that's it. There's there's nothing to it. This one is it's in the middle of a beautiful album. And it's the reason the skip button was invented. <laughs> like, it sounds like it wants to be like a cool protest song so bad, but it really sounds like it's like a narc singing in the middle of the protest. <laughs> and he's really letting the cops know where everyone is at that point. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. And this one is, it's just Mike Love. Try, he doesn't really know how to write lyrics. There's sometimes he He excels. worked on a lot of ones that he didn't get credit for. He actually he eventually for did. Yeah. Because he wrote a few lines in, in better songs, but... Psh. He's just too literal at lyrics, and this one is is one of the worst. Now, Kent's going with a very negative one. I'm going with a, ne- a very positive one for my number three. I'm going to be around my vegetables. I'm going to chop down my vegetables. I this is a song called Vegetables. And my dad, actually, he put this on his worst list, and I'm like, what's that song? And I looked it up. Wow. This is Brian Wilson singing about how much he loves vegetables. This feels like it should be on like the Wiggles or something like that. He eventually that. ran a radish shop. He did. The, yeah. uh, Radiant Radish. Yes. Uh, but like just lyrics like, I'm going to be around my vegetables. I'm going to chow down my vegetables. I love you most of all. My favorite vegetable. If, uh, if you brought a big brown bag of them home, I'd jump up and down and hope you'd toss me a carrot. But Those Joel, are lyrics. Joel. Paul McCartney is featured on this song. He is. <laughs> it's, that's so weird. Because they said they wanted, well, not on this one. On some versions of Vegetables, Paul McCartney's on percussion. What kind of percussion? Paul McCartney doesn't play percussion. He plays bass. 
He's chewing celery. <laughs> they literally add in chewing sound effects of celery, like crunch, 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 yeah. crunch, crunch, crunch. And on some versions, it's Sir Paul McCartney and, and that's, chewing celery. That's kind of the madness of Brian Wilson is not only is it like, hey, crunch celery. He wanted to be so precise yeah. and fit and produce in a way. It's there's fit. so much work that goes fit. into. He this. was actually in a fitness craze at this time. That's why he did it. He says, "I want to turn people on to vegetables, good, good natural food, organic food. Health is an important element in spiritual enlightenment. But I do not want to be pompous about it, so we will engage in a satirical approach." I hate that message. It's a terrible song. <laughs> vegetables really is a terrible song. That is okay, a terrible gentlemen, song. Stop, stop handing me these wins. No, Kokomo. If you have uh, Kokomo as number one, you win. <laughs> Let's go to number Kokomo two. Kokomo is the worst. Let's go to our number two okay. worst song by the Beach Boys. What do you got, Zach? I may have said all of them are hits. Well, this is one that was not. It's one that makes me feel very uncomfortable. Now, it's not it, it necessarily a Beach Boy song. It more comes from like a nursery rhyme, but. Uh oh. Ten Little Indians. Makes me very. Well, are you judging this from a 2020 viewpoint, though? <laughs> I'm judging just, it from me. written in like the 50s. And I don't it's, like e- it's easy to call something racist now, right? It, uh, sure. I, I don't. I don't necessarily. Go, oh my gosh, that's so racist. I go, right. Wow, this song's. Not only is it not appropriate, it's kind of annoying. It is. It is a little annoying. So for mostly, mostly for annoying, and boy, that and has it an feels tacky. Rate. It feels it entirely does. too tacky. So yeah. not my favorite. No, I get Ten that one. Indians. Yeah, not uh, only that was one that came up, and I was like, it's your second least favorite. Yeah, my second least favorite. All right, Kent, you're number two. Mine is from the later years. It's from 1987, and this is a collaboration between the Beach Boys and the Fat Boys. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was hoping someone would do this. This song is called Wipeout, which should fit for the Beach Boys. Because Wipeout is a great surfing song. Yeah, but this is not that song. By the Surfaris, I believe, who did that. Yeah, this one has the Fat Boys who really, really wanted to be Run DMC, but they are not Run DMC. And you have the, if you watch the music video, you have Mike Love trying to act, and you have the Fat Boys trying to to rap about going to the beach and partying. Wasn't this in a movie or, so, or made for a movie or something like that? It may have been, but because they were trying to do soundtracks in the 80s. Like that yeah, was their thing. It only makes sense. It really wants to be Walk This Way, which honestly, Walk This Way for Aerosmith really brought him back into the limelight. And I think Mike Love is trying to do that with the Beach Boys. This one bombed miserably. This is probably the song that like everyone's dad played at barbecues in 1990 to sing <laughs> cool in front of their no. kids. So he's like, hey kids, I like rap too. Rap is cool, <laughs> and the Beach Boys. That oh. one, that one is probably your first acceptable worst. Because I heard that one come up, and I'm Isn't like, it so bad. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> uh, mine's still worse, guys. Mm-hmm. Because I chose it's Kokomo, right? No, it's not Kokomo. It's Kokomo. I love Kokomo. It's Kokomo. This is called "She's Going Bald." What? I'm not adjusting the audio. This is exactly how it sounds. So this he says, okay, so she drew, like a she drew her comb across her scalp and brushed what she had left. I tried to salvage what I could and threw it in a sack. She made a beeline to her room and grabbed all kind of juice, started pouring it on her head and, and thought it'd grow back. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Is it all speaking the entire time? No, no, no. It's a song, but like they they do that little interlude where it's like suddenly turn into this radio drama. But it's it's all about this girl who, for some reason, is bald, and they're making fun of her. 
her hair's falling out. Her silken golden hair is falling out, and they're mocking her. And uh, Mike Love actually recalled, we were stoned out of our heads. We were laughing our heads off when we recorded that stuff. Oh, wow. And it's like, okay, so like I said, I've been listening to these in just headphones as I was walking around. Uh-huh. I was walking around the neighborhood, sunny day, enjoying Beach Boys music, background, whatever. I didn't really, there was none of it was landing. That came on and I stopped walking. I had to sit there and just stare with wide eyes like, what is this song? So she's going bald, 1967, from the album Smiley Smile. Oof. Ooh. Vegetables was also on Smiley Smile. Basically, that whole album could be on here. All right, we're going to do our number one. Number one our number worst. one worst. Number one Least worst. favorite. Least favorite. Now, yeah, and that's, that's an important distinction for me. Yes. Least favorite. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you disgust me. Okay, okay, okay. Both of you disgust me. I got to be honest. It, that was a little bit of a troll. Uh, that actually okay. is in my but top. an accurate troll. But... I'm much more on the side of Kent than I am with Joel. Yeah. Here is my actual, and, and I just find this song grating. Oh, come on. You're going here? I think this song is. That's your number so one worst. Annoying. I love Barbara. You've done Help Me Rhonda. I think this song Sloop is. Sloop so John B. You can tell the style Terrible. that I like. I don't like it. And this Bop song. Around. It's not my it's terrible. Terrible. I know it's not pop around, by the way. Oh, I don't pop around. Mm, I'm disgusted. Mm, I'm disgusted by you. Instant skip. Is it Instant just? Skip. Is it just? Sing that, along. Is it's, it that it's cat? A, is it the cat screeching? It sounds like a demo that accidentally got released. No, it's terrible. But it, there is influence with that song, though. Sure, that's fine. Doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> All right, Ken. <laughs> I like this, Zach. I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay, so I want to give a precursor before the Beach Boys' actual worst song of all time. It is from an album called Summer in Paradise. Can you find this one on any streaming services? <laughs> YouTube. No, you cannot. You can find it on YouTube, yeah. thankfully, whoever posted this one. If you want to buy this one on Amazon, it's $100. Well, and it's not, the album? it's not a supply and demand thing. You can, they're so rare to actually find these albums. It's, a, it's $100. I like the album artwork, though. You it's do? A it's a whale under the it water. It looks like a Lisa Frank picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's horrible. It's like a poster. So this was their last album with new original material. Mm-hmm. And it was a spectacular failure. Apparently, this one reportedly sold about 10,000 copies. And this album, there is a final track on this, which I want to bring up. Maybe in the middle there, if we talk about some awards or honorable mentions. I don't even want people to hear this, but maybe just to hear how bad the Beach Boys can get. Once again, 1992, and this song is simply the worst, and it's called Summer of Love. I can't wait till sunrise, it's gonna yeah. be a summer of love. Hey now. Well, it's a love thing. Mike Love raps. When does it get bad? Oh, oh, Joel, good. You just, you just first showed yourself. No, oh, I, 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 don't, I, I listened to that album. I don't remember this one specifically, but it's I, there was a three. lot of bad stuff. It's a lot of bad stuff. A lot of it is covers. Mike Love is trying to, and by the way, this is the album without Brian Wilson at yeah. all. Mike Love was trying to make the ultimate summer album. In fact, even he oh, doesn't yeah, reference yeah. this in time. He, like everyone forgets this one exists, especially Spotify, iTunes, anyone. Mm-hmm. This song specifically was meant to be for the Simpsons movie. Yes, because he was going to do a rap with Bart Simpson. Yes, this song specifically was meant to be the rap. And Simpson said, no. No, please, no. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> this was the sequel to Do the Bartman. That's right. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, well, what should we do? So it came out in 1992. This song eventually showed up in a 1995 episode for Baywatch. So they shot the music video 
1995, and they did it Baywatch style. Man. And so it's 65-year-old Mike Love singing all these 20-year-olds in swimsuits, and it's the creepiest music video. And just some of the lyrics here is like, now summer is a time when there's no strings attached, but if we could get together if you come on back, I'd like to tell you if it's any satisfaction, you'll always be my summer season's main attraction. And he's rapping this. Yeah. I mean, just That's listen to the song, but never listen to the song. It is so horrendous. Ugh. And it makes me sad for the legacy of what the Beach Boys were. Summer of Love. Easily the worst. That's pretty bad. But I want to hear bad. yours. So it's Kokomo, right? No. I love Kokomo. <laughs> so I am going to talk today, very briefly, about Brian Wilson's Tour de France. I don't know what to call it, but like his coup de grace. Uh, okay. This is like his his big epic, I'm going to create something that will change the world. Like better than the Beatles, that sort of thing. Yeah, like this was going to be the big song. Okay. And so he went deep into the song. It was one of the most expensive songs ever made. He spent months creating this Don't song. do this. Don't do it, Joel. And he actually consulted with an astrologist to figure out the right time to release this song. And she told him, this is the time. Oh, and no. so he went into a record studio, uh, uh, he went into the local radio station and said, I'm Brian Wilson with the Beach Boys, and this song is going to change your life. And the DJ turned around to him and says, well, we can only play what's on the playlist, man. <laughs> and so then he had to get the manager involved, well, well, and it kind of devastated him. Sure. But he, he spent months doing this, and then this is what he came up with. I'm worried about what you're about to do. That stupid whistle. Yeah. That Slide stupid siren, siren whistle. Yeah. This song, this is a personal choice. I listen It must to be. This is not that bad. I hate this song, Kent. Like, literally hate this song. Every time is it because it's like the minor harmonies? Is that what's happening? It's dissonance. And, it's mm-hmm. like this really disjointed thing. They, they imagine it to be this three-minute comedy. It was going to be this follow-up single to Good Vibrations. It's like the new, big, amazing song. Yeah. And it's about, like, there's a woman in Spain and the, dancing in the night, and there's heroes and villains, and she was right in the rain of the bullets that eventually brought her down. I, I don't know. The whole song is a mess, a big mess. And I think it was like, I, but, w- but w- almost the opposite because he so purposely constructed the thing. Right. But I think he was completely out of his head. Like a he beautiful disaster. This. It's terrible. And I think like when we talked about when this show, when we came up with the show months ago, you know, we put it in our plan months ago, not last uh, week. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but when we did that, when we said worse, this was the first one that came out. I'm like, what is that stupid siren you, you whistle song? It. Yeah. And I hated it because every time it would come on, I would skip it because I hated it. And then I read about how it was supposed to be this big, huge, momentous, change the world song. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And I actually hate every time I had the heroes and, heroes and villains popped up on my playlist and I would skip it. Heroes and villains. Heroes and villains. Oh, it's not that bad. I hate it. It's pretty bad. It's not Kokomo. <laughs> all right so uh let's go through a quick uh, middle ground awards we call them like we're giving awards yeah, to kind we're, of ones we're not going to play like the backing music on this one no. but like on this one uh, so i have an award it's called disco in the garbage like <laughs> disco in the garbage <laughs> nah. the 10 minute version yeah the 10 minute version of here comes the night oh. so here comes the night is actually mm-hmm. a great song it's almost three minutes long by the way beach boy songs are very short for the most Usually part two two three minutes tops. right this is an 11 minute song from 1979 or a cover of their own 1967 song and it's a disco song and there's a cool bass line there but the song is actually like euro trash mm-hmm. are we gonna include the honorable mentions in the in the playlist if we can might as well fill oh, out the playlist. Sure. 
because it's it's one that you could skip pretty easily. It's, it's eleven so funny minutes though, long. It's like it's very disco. Here comes the night. Yeah, here yeah, comes yeah. the night. But yeah, that's my first award. Uh, disco really, into trash. Do you really guess it's a Beach Boy song? No. Oh. It's, in fact, it's an evolution they should not have tried. No, yeah. they, it's experimental. It was a bad experiment. Right. Failed experiment. My first award is the Not Their Fault Award. Mm. It goes to Barbara Ann. Uh, <laughs> don't blame the Beach Boys. Blame the Minions for ruining this song. Oh, it's yeah. not their that's fault. Why you it's actually it, not even a Beach Boys original. Maybe. But okay, so Zach... When we would go, remember how we would listen to Beach Boys on the way over to like, you know, up to our family camp. We're doing our Fourth of July party. Yeah. An extended family all sitting around a campfire. We would literally sing Barbara Ann almost every single year. And so we'd sing this so as a campfire. of course you love it. Positive association. And yeah. I think it's a fantastic song. Mm. I love it when they mess up too and they can't get mm. the words right because no one could. No. It's like the Kokomo of acapella. Yeah. I'm going to give this one the I prefer the car songs to the surfing songs. It is Little Deuce Coop. <laughs> nice. I much prefer, in general, I like the songs about the cars. I always forget the... about that song, but it's a good one. I also gave a Little Deuce Coop an award. I gave it the I Had No Idea What I Was Singing Award because <laughs> I thought it was Little Doo Scoop. <laughs> I had no idea what Deuce little Coop do was. Scoop. In fact, there's <laughs> little Deuce Coop. Little Deuce Coop. Does that mean it's like cleaning up after your dog? It, the I, Little I, Deuce Scoop? Do, D-E-U. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I, there's actually a lot of car terms in that one I don't understand. But yeah, I get the one. I, I get all of them. So I like that song <laughs> a lot. So I'm going to give an award for So Bad It's Good. I want to hate this song, but for some reason I can't. It's an atrocious song, but it's Be True to Your School. Oh, it's such a rah-rah song. Oh, uh, I love it. Rah, rah, but it's rah, rah, the lyrics are like, just like you would to your girl or guy. Rah-rah-rah, <laughs> It's. I wanted to put this in my bottom five, but I was like, I don't feel right about it. No, your integrity will be gone. But you got Kokomo there. Oh, Kokomo deserves to be there. Be true to your school is horrendous, but I can't help but kind of like it. So I gave a little do scoop the little do scoop the had no idea what a singing award. Mm -hmm. I gave this one that I know exactly what they're singing award. It's Louie Louie. They covered Louie Louie, the Kingsman song, oh, yeah. which no one understands those words. Yeah, yeah, no one's saying you can hear the Beach Boys very clearly. And once you hear the words, it makes it a little worse. Like, it's not a good song. You're like, oh, I never wanted to know. And it has the good, you know, they have the good guitar. And the Beach Boys words, they go, do, 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 do. It's like acapella. No, thanks. No good. Acapella and an all I know exactly what they're singing. Word goes to Louie Louie. I'm giving this song the thank you for helping me with geography. Uh, California Girls. <laughs> I really like this song. And it's like, oh, that's, oh, what, what's in the Midwest? Oh, cool. Farmer's Daughters. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the different regions of the U.S. Yeah, yeah. It helps me, you know, get centered on, on what culture is like in America. Although it's funny because they actually said uh, that Utah girls were pretty high on their list as well. But I'll get to that. Well, there we go. So I'm going to give an award for, we've covered this, but written by a serial killer. And so we've talked about that whole story, but we've covered it. What was, uh, we the, don't what need was the name of the song again? Never, uh, Never Learn Not to Love. That's what it is. I chose my first song, my first song parody award, and it actually goes to Help Me Rhonda. Okay. One of my earliest memories, I was probably about four or five, is that we had uh, some, a woman in the neighborhood whose name was Rhonda. Oh, and poor, so poor Rhonda, we poor would, any Rhonda out there. As a four-year-old, we thought it was hilarious. Like we were, we were musical parody geniuses <laughs> because we could sing the names of all the family. Help me, Jenny. Help, help me, Jenny. Help, That's hilarious, Sarah, help, Joel. Help, help me, Dean. Like we'd sing that and we thought we were hilarious. We would take knives. What? And act like we were. I already covered the serial killer We were acting part, like Joel. we were cutting out our hearts, but we were using real knives as four-year-olds dancing around the kitchen and singing this song. Where was your mom? She was probably, I don't know, doing something else. 
I don't know. I love you, mom. <laughs> you guys survived. I don't know if she did this. Yeah, it's fine. Don't play with knives. Kids. She will listen. I do have a question before I get into my next one. When you are singing along to the Beach Boys, which harmony line do you like to go with? Uh, melody? Do you like I have high to do harmony? melody. Uh, well, no, I hit bass sometimes. Most of the time okay. I do melody because I'm not smart enough to do harmony. If yeah. I'm singing like a, I get around, I go high on that if one. If I go okay. Kokomo, I'm definitely bass. I'm glad you brought that up because getting my award for the only song that I sing bass on, I get around. Nice. The only one that I sing well, bass you, to. No usually it's... I try every single time. Um, usually I'll sing second tenor. But yeah, that's that's my, I always sing bass to this song. Yeah, I will award. sing first tenor on this song for oh, you. And you'll well, sing bass. Look for that so we need a baritone coming up. Okay. <laughs> is that a term? I can do it. <laughs> baritone is the term. You yeah, know that. I do. My last award is called TGIF Lied to Me. <laughs> it's not Jesse and the Rippers. It's not Jesse and the it's Rippers. It's not Jesse and the Rippers. There's a song called Forever, which once again is the final track on the album Summer in Paradise. And, and like I said, half of that album is covers. And it is covered from their 1970 album Sunflower, which is a legitimately good album. Mm. And Dennis Wilson, he performed this song forever originally. And it's a beautiful rock song. I would actually say it's one of the best Beach Boy songs. And then they didn't know what to do. And John Stamos was kind of an ultimate fanboy. Like I said, I saw him in concert. Right. He helped on that album. They let him sing that song. He performed it three times on Full House, which I thought was the greatest, most beautiful love song of all time. And Becky. But the original version is that much better. I thought this was like a John Stamos original. Yeah, that was Jesse it's the Rippers. Dennis Wilson. Yeah. And that version is better. Please listen to that. It's going on the playlist. Okay. My final award is the Personal Pandering Award. Okay. Goes to Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Why Why are the Beach Boys singing a song about Salt Lake City? And Lagoon? Well, it, it, here's the lyrics. Or is it lyrics. Salt Air? Somebody paid for uh, that. Down in Utah, the guys and I dig a, a city called Salt Lake. It's got the grooviest kids. That's why we never get tired of Salt Lake. Ugh. And the way the kids talk so cool, it's an out-of-sight thing. Like Mountain and Lake. And the number one radio station makes the town really swing. Yeah. They didn't even want to mention what. They couldn't. They didn't know the specifics. It's FM 100, Salt clearly. Salt Lake City will be coming soon. Oh. It was really interesting in that song when it was like, yeah, and the best city is Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so like, great in But then they Salt say things like, they say, the all the kids dig Lagoon now. It's full of all kinds of girls, and the rides will be flying there soon now. And girl for girl, they've got the cutest of the western states. Well. They gave us that over California girls. They're not wrong. I know. Mm. Uh, and the wintertime skiing is great. They mentioned that too. But apparently they, they wrote the song because they found out they had a big fan base in Utah. You mean they didn't just write a song for like Zach saying for every state? No. For every city? No. But they did do one called Amusement Park USA where they kind of gave a little more shout outs to other places, I think. But and also from 1963 to 1973, the Beach Boys performed at Lagoon at least 12 times. Yeah. I so played my mom one song and they played in the arcade area. Yeah. Where there's all I the arcade. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. There's my last award. Any awards for Zach? No, that's it. That's it for me. So now, listener, we are to our five favorites. So no more negativity. Well, there may be some. Well, well yeah. it depends on your choices. Well, if Joel brings up Kokomo, I'll be a little upset. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so I'll start this one off since Zach started us off with the worst. Because we've mentioned this song already. It is... Round, round, get around. I get around. Get around. We're sorry, Beach Boys. Hey, we got Rockapella last time. We did pretty well with that. That's your number five, then. My number five favorite. Like, 
I generally, I'm a pet sounds guy. Like for me, the artistry is there. But you cannot help but love this song, which I believe is maybe their most catchy. Because immediately, from the get-go, you have to sing along. So this one was released in 1964 from All Summer Long. Is the band's first song to reach number one in the U.S. I love everything about it, like the clap-like drum beat, the deep twanging bass, the acapella hook. Everything is so good. And this is when, actually, like... In history, this is when Brian finally decided they had enough from Murray, his father, That's right. and fired him. And they released this one right in the middle of Beatlemania, proving that they weren't going away. Yeah. At least for a couple of years at that point. That's a great choice. I get around. That's a great choice. It's a fabulous choice. Round, it's round, my get choice. around. I get around. Yeah, get around. I get but you can't resist it. You're good. That's the thing. You can't resist it. Yes, that's Mike Love doing the main vocals, and then the falsetto voice by Brian Wilson uh, is amazing. Just the way they work together works so well on this. And then this one, like, I love the lyrics, too. Just things like, none of the guys go steady because it wouldn't be right to leave the best girls home on a Saturday night. I'm like, yep. look at that. that that's, that's a good thing to do. It's like, yeah, if you're dating someone, you should be with them. But right. if not, hang with the guys. Bros. We get around. My, we used to sing such silly lyrics. This. We'd listen to this so many times as a kid. And I, I just drove my dad nuts, I bet. I recommend everyone go to YouTube. In fact, maybe we'll include a link of the no auto-tune version of this one. It's so They're funny. performing it live, and you don't hear any of the, the instrumentals or anything. And so you just have the awkward <laughs> clapping. And it will yeah. make you... You won't be able to unhear it, unfortunately, but it's so, <laughs> so hilarious. Good. All right, that's, that's awesome. my number five. Zach, your number five for best... I really Favorite? would like to put, I mean, I already put it in my honorable mention, so you know uh, I'm not going to magically Just make I Get Around it. My Fist, but I love that song so much. Anyway, you accuse me of not liking the slow songs, and I disagree. My fifth choice. No. Wait, no, no. no sorry. They don't all sound alike. Yeah. <laughs> in My Room is fine, but this is Surfer Girl. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Ah, just. This one was clearly from their first three years right first couple albums yeah this is a good one it's a fun song it's cute yeah. i i i think about kind of the evenings of summer with yeah. that song you know totally. you're relaxing you've had a fun day you just kind of want to cuddle with your girl it's it's your romantic is that, is that a thing yeah absolutely. that'd be nice <laughs> yeah absolutely wouldn't it be nice well if you were a surfer kent <laughs> <laughs> maybe you learned to hey, surf nice reference by the way yeah right yeah i love that song anyway, too. surfer girl Somebody i love surfer girl it is uh that's to me it gets nostalgic i get i, I kind of calm down and and uh just kind of chill with the summer yeah, we don't talk i feel so bad i mistook it for in my room now well, that's the thing. Their their ballads are rare. Oh, except for maybe what you heard in your thirty album search, Joel. <laughs> yeah. So many. The slow songs are actually more of the stronger ones than the later yeah. albums. My fourth favorite is from Pet Sounds, and it's released in nineteen sixty six. It's here today. It's too bad you only use one per album, Ken. So you only use one for Pet Sounds. Stop that. Stop that. Do you mean that? <laughs> if that's, that's true, what we said. Welcome to our Pet Sound Show. That's it. Everything will be from Summer in Paradise or Smiley Smile. This is when they're using like a symphony with the harmonies. And the harmonies are pitch perfect in this song. And it, the lyrics are interesting. It's, a, it's a, actually a warning about an inevitable heartbreak that will result from newfound love. It's like, oh, sure, you met her. I dated her before. I still love her. And things probably won't work out for you either. And, and it's weird because the song is one too. the song is very triumphant. The same like like the orchestra is very triumphant, and then you have these lyrics. Uh, composition by Brian Wilson, lyrics by Tony Asher. Uh, the song was influenced by Bach because that's what Brian Wilson was doing at that right. point. And it's great because like like I said, there's a 
symphony instruments, but at a minute 50, you hear the surf guitar in the background, and it's just playing as the symphony chimes in, backing harmonies come in. It mixed perfectly. So I love this song. It's here today. Here today. I need to apologize. I misspoke. I misspoke. When I was you? when I was talking about Heroes and Villains being the most expensive song ever made at the time, I actually meant my number four. This is what I because they were right around yeah. the same time. Good vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Excuse me. Oh, 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 oh. by Brian Wilson and, and Mike and Mike Love. This one was one where I had no idea how complicated this song was. Yeah. It's just another Beach Boy song to me. And it wasn't until I dug in and like started researching it, I was like, oh, wow. He, he's, and he did spend months creating the other one, too. But this one, he spent thousands, tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. back in 1960s to create this song. And I really do enjoy it. I don't know, though, if it was worth all that money. Like, I feel like he put himself through unnecessary torture because it ended up being a great song. Uh, but And what he did was... He recorded different parts at different times right. and then pieced it together, kind of like yeah. a module recording system, which was very unusual at the time. And Ken, I'm assuming you're going to talk about this one later, so I won't go into it too much. This song? I'm assuming. Okay. But this was actually one where I highly enjoy it. Every time it comes on, I really enjoy it. I like the different tempos. Like what Heroes and Villains was probably should have been is what Good Vibrations is. But don't you kind of want to hate it at the same time? Because it feels so cliche at this point. It feels very hippie kind of, yeah. But still, the tune is just fantastic. Yes, and they say that this this actually inspired uh, like uh, A Day in the Life and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, like these other songs Mm -hmm. kind of did these module things, Good Vibrations. I was very impressed because I did not know how much work went into this, honestly. So uh, also I wanted to bring up at this point, because this is something I found while researching this song, Wilson Phillips. Two of the members of Wilson Phillips are Brian Wilson's daughters. Yeah. Yeah. That blew my they, mind. You didn't know. For some reason, I just didn't connect that Wilson was related. I thought they were related. Not going to gonna lie. That's why that music. I found that out today as well. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's why that Hold On music video is on the beach. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are up. other I'm reasons. Well, <laughs> I, found that out be- I found that out because Wilson Phillips did a cover of this song. Marnie Wilson. Yeah. Carney. Yeah. Carney. 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 Carney Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Because she looked like it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Zach, what's your number this, four? This song does not... If you listen to it from the very beginning, I bet you you could not guess what song it is. But again, I, I like the songs that are more about the cars. My number four. Well, she got her daddy's car and she cruised through the hamburger stand. Fun, fun, fun. This, this is a really fun song. See, fun, fun, fun. Tell her daddy took her T-Bird away. Is it kind of like nails on a chalkboard, though? No. No. See for me, this this is the this is Harmonies. like this Although, is like Surfing USA, but better. Like I also, this is one of the songs where I had no idea what they were saying. I'm like, fun, fun, fun till the daddy takes what? I didn't know what a T-bird was as a kid. <laughs> yeah. You've seen Greece at that point, right? Not as a kid. I, I and again, I think I'm I'm connected to the car side. I love T-birds. They're so cool. Like a '55 T-bird is one of the coolest cars ever. So yeah, fun, Lots fun, of, fun. Zach, that is a fantastic T-bird. choice. Thank you. Thank you for finally complimenting me. <laughs> yeah, first time on the show. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> Ever. All right, my number three is... Joel for girl. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Yep. Is this Pet Sounds again? No, this isn't Pet Sounds. I'm waiting for earlier. This is earlier. This is earlier. This is from the 1963 album, Surfer Girl. That's right. This is In My Room. A Rolling Stone gave this the, and I know this seems like a high number, but there's a lot of songs out there, the 212th greatest song of all time. I love the lyrics. Everything about it, it's only two minutes long, which is crazy, but it basically 
puts you in the times of summer. And I'm not saying you have to be the beach or anything, but when you're just laying on your pillow, looking up at your ceiling and just daydreaming. Oh, yeah. Like, I love how it's like your room is your safe space. Yes. It's a really great concept. And granted, there was some foreshadowing here with Brian Wilson and in his room is written by him. But it is like this sanctuary. And even he said, if I, uh, I had a room and I thought of it as my kingdom and I wrote that song very definitely that you're not afraid when you're in your room. It's absolutely true. And such a such a beautiful ballad. It's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. So my number three, like it was so hard to narrow it down to five guys. It really was. But this was one that really popped out to me as as one of my favorites, no matter what anyone else says. Yes. <laughs> no. So this one, I actually love this song so much that I wrote a parody of it in Divine Comedy uh, called Home Depot. Take it down to Home Depot. We wore orange vests. It was a, actually it was a big success for the. You can see it on, on YouTube, uh, Home Depot Divine Comedy. But we did a whole thing about that because this song to me is like this is like you remember you mentioned evening uh, evening summer yeah, chilling at night summer evenings yeah, uh, summer surfer girl that's kind of me with this is just sitting there and watching the night lights and you know just enjoying and just naming a places. fire on the beach. Well, I've been down to the Florida Keys. There is no Kokomo. There's no the Kokomo. Uh, oh, wow. Also, the Beach Boys uh, were on Full House. I don't know if you know that, Ken. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I may have brought it up but a few times. They perform Kokomo during that episode, and the cast helped them sing. And so if you really liked Uncle Jesse, you'd like this song, but apparently you don't. Apparently I was lied to. I think John Stamos would be disappointed in you. Actually, I don't like John Stamos anymore because he's only he's only buddies with Mike Love. If and he there, was a true Beach Boys fan, it'd be Brian Wilson. There actually is a Kokomo, Indiana, a Kokomo, Arkansas, and a Kokomo, Hawaii. But they kind of make this fictional idea. And since, there, since then, there's been like resorts that have called themselves Kokomo. Mm-hmm. But there really was no Kokomo when they paid this. But John Stamos can be playing, uh, can be seen playing the, con- uh, the, the conga bongos and steel drum on this music video. Wow. But great. I am a big fan of Kokomo. And I will defend it because I highly, highly enjoy it. <laughs> I do like the part where it's like, uh, Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty. Like, it, like for some reason, we're dropping an octave right there on Maybe Bahama. The, I, I do that sometimes why. when I sing. I get too high and I have to drop down to kind yeah. of save my voice. Mm, they were old. Interesting choice. I'm just going to leave draw, it at I'm that. drawing my line in the sand. Yeah, Kokomo. you did. Yeah. <laughs> Literally in the sand. <laughs> in the wow. Sand. Yeah, it's it's surfing sand. theme. Yeah. Surf. <laughs> uh, Surf. Uh, oh no. Oh wow. All right, here we go. God only knows what I Again, I I like the sentimentality of this is God only knows. I just think it's it's a it it makes me feel good. I, I kinda get like the warm fuzzy tingles. Very, very warm song. It it's a little bit of a little a bit of a summer song. A summer tear jumps into your eye. Yeah, a little salty tear in the salt. It does feel Earnest and genuine, yes, uh, in a way that uh, I can really get behind. So yeah. God only knows is my choice. Great choice. My number two. We're starting on twos, right? Yes. Yeah, two. two. My second, second favorite. I love the Good vibrations. Vibrations. It's already been mentioned. Good vibrations. Okay. Oh, I assumed correctly. You assumed correctly. I knew. I knew. I knew you were going to pick this song because it is like their Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I never thought about it that way, <laughs> but it kind of is. So this was their. First number one hit since uh, Help Me Rhonda, which apparently someone hates. Yeah. <laughs> and their last number one hit. Favorite. Their last number one hit until Kokomo. So this song, like I said, you almost want to hate it, but the development, that the progress this song makes as it goes, uh, it uses a theremin, cellos, has a complex vocal arrangement. It just rounds out perfectly. Theremin is one of those instruments that was like primarily used in like sci-fi, 50 sci-fi movies, but then yeah. they use it in here, and it fits so well. And it it does still keep that 
you know, early Beach Boys vibe, but it uses like the Brian Wilson magic. Well, I think most people just remember that clip, like yes. just that kind of peppy good vibrations part, and they forget when it like slows down mm-hmm. and picks back up, and like it's just it's such an amazing song. Yeah, so I love it, and yes, it did take a yeah. year to produce. Yeah, this was one where Brian was like, "Hey, Beach Boys, could you sing that for me again and again and again?" And the band was upset. Yeah, They're like, they we recorded it. the same parts for months, and it wasn't. He's like the David Fincher of music. Like he's like Brian Wilson, cut. Is. Cut, cut. Okay, let's try it again. And finally, after a year, he produced it together and it made that wonderful song. Yeah. So, Joel, what's your number two? God only knows why so this song, just hearing you play it, warmed my heart. It's so good. I love this song. In fact, Paul McCartney frequently spoke of his affinity for that sound setting. God only knows as his favorite song of all time. Isn't that crazy? Paul McCartney loved this song. And uh, they have like there's French horns and accordions and sleigh bells and a harpsichord, cellos. It's amazing. This song is one of those just affirming ones to me that it's just like it's so there's so much love in this song. Yes. That and it's also funny because this was in uh Love Actually. And it's also yeah. in, it doesn't make you think it's of also Love in Actually. Scooby-Doo. It is a Christmas song in the summer though. My yeah. those bells. That's just it. The bells. And yeah. my wife was she loves Love Actually. We both we watch it every every Christmas Eve. She and I watch that movie. And she was so surprised to find out this is a Beach Boys song. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? It sounds it sounds like it's the Beach exactly Boys. Like yeah. them. But to her it was just not associated with it because it has such a different sound. Um, and I like how, uh, Brian Wilson, uh, he said, I like those old songs that use rounds like row, row, row your boat and forever Shaka because it makes the song sound eternal. So I wanted to use it at the end. So at the end, they just keep repeating. God only knows right. how much. Cause uh, it's a very simple song. You. There's not a lot of lyrics. Oh no, it's not. Yeah. I, I actually hate the way the song starts. That's the only thing where it's like a misstep. Cause it just says, I may not always love you. At the very first, it's a bad note. Is that, is that what you're saying? It's for just like the love well, song that well, it is. I may not always love you, but as long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be with. But it's you. a very realistic song because even says, "If you should ever leave me, life would still go on." And then he says, "But believe me, the world could do nothing." I know. Just yeah. the way it starts out, I always, I've always kind of felt like ah, something better at the beginning. But, but it's, it's a true statement on love, though. At the same time, is it? It could be. Uh, by the way, Bono said in October 2006. That God only knows is fact and proof of angels. Wow. So he's a big fan as wow. well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Also, it was on Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> hey, okay. Nice. Yeah, settles it. I'm in. Yeah. Best song ever. All right. Zach, yeah. you're number two. My number two. This reminds me of a movie that is certainly a modern classic. Wouldn't it be nice I mean, it's it's kind of 51st Dates, the song. Oh, this is a 51st Dates? Yeah. I have no association with that in this song. Yeah, neither. For me, I think about that, and I like that movie, don't get me wrong. I, but the fact that I instantly think about it, I'm like, nah, it's a bummer. Man, Adam Sandler movie. I'm but, so glad you brought this song up. That's your number That's your number, that's my number one? two. Oh, number two. My Wouldn't It Be Nice is my second. I think that's, that's right. it's charming. Uh, again, I, I kind of am realizing that I like the more, I don't know, cute sentimental, songs. Sentimental yeah. songs. Definitely. Because they hit me a little bit differently than... I really like surfing. I really like cars. And I really like girls. Yeah. It's like, oh man, wouldn't it be nice when we're older? You know, we would we wouldn't yeah. have to to stop being together. And and Isaac, you know, who hasn't related to that? See that one. That one uh, wouldn't it be nice? And will I grow up to be a man? Yeah. Both of those that that forward kind of wish, wishful wistful thinking about the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love those songs. Right. It was so hard yeah. for me to not include both of those on my, on my yeah. list. So I'm so glad you brought. And that it's up. such a great album opener as well. Yeah, yeah. it's a good yeah. start. So good. All right, gentlemen. All right, my our f- number one favorite. Number one favorite. And this song that I'm choosing. Is it vegetables? It's actually, it's only the part <laughs> where Paul bald? McCartney <laughs> eats <laughs> celery. <laughs> but there's peanut butter on it, so it's okay. 
But Rolling Stone gave this song the 25th best song of all time, and I think they're 24 off because it is one of the best songs of all time, and I'm surprised you guys didn't have it as number one. Uh, it's got only notes. You guys scoop me, but I can't help but love this. Song. I don't mind. If we, if we just play this for the rest of the it's night, so I'd good. be fine with it. It's like it might have even gone up my list just hearing it more. <laughs> like we have the French horn, accordion, sleigh bells, harpsichord, violas, and cellos. Like there's everything that goes into this song. It is a work of art. Paul McCartney is not wrong. This yeah. song is a masterpiece. It's really good. And like you said, simple lyrics, but the way it's done, yes. so well done. All right. Joel, favorite song. You've already had Kokomo as your number three for some reason. Yeah. So what is your favorite song? My number one Beach Boys song is... They're really rocking in Boston and Pittsburgh, PA. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. This is the Chuck Berry song they ripped off from my number one song. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) This is Sweet Little Sixteen by Chuck Berry. Mm -hmm. And Brian Wilson heard this and uh, very early in his career. And he thought, how can I turn that into a kind of a what we're looking for, a surf rock sound? And they came up with. They they didn't give Chuck Berry uh, credit for the first time. But then when in subsequent releases, they like when they got sued, yeah, basically they gave him karate credit. This is total bubblegum rock. Like this is just you know surfing USA. Hey, we're cool. We're doing surfing. In does, fact, does this just say Beach Boys? To that's you? what I was gonna say. Like the reason I chose this as my number one is because when I think of Beach Boys songs, when I think of the time that I took my mom's ironing board and put <laughs> it in the bathtub. And worse, and you worse, went as far as the bathtub. I went in the bathtub and turned on the shower. I'm glad was, the iron wasn't there as well. <laughs> no, no iron in there, just the ironing board. I think of this song, and I just think it's so much fun. And it's funny too because uh, when he did this song, when Brian Wilson did this song, he wasn't a surfer, and he was going with this girl whose brother was a surfer, and he knew all the spots. And so he just said, "Hey, what are what are some good spots to go swimming or to go surfing?" And so they named like Waimea uh, Bay, which I've actually mm-hmm. been to. It's a beautiful place, but all these places in California. And so they, he just made this list of surfing places. And Chuck, uh, Chuck Berry did later say that he loved Surfing USA. So It's a great song. And it's not, I don't think it's just because of Teen Wolf that I love this song when they do the, the van surfing. Yeah. Because they play this song. But I remember I really liked it because of that. So Surfing USA to me is the most iconic. Quintessential. That is Beach Boys to me. And I love it. I really do love it. When I think of Beach Boys, I think of Surfing USA or Sweet Little Sixteen. For me, I was thinking about it, and I actually find that I don't like that song. I actually skip past it. Surprising. Um, <laughs> because, but then I realized I don't think I like it because it, it feels cliche. It and does. then I went, well, it feels cliche because it's so popular. And it's so popular because it's so Beach Boys. Right. It is the signature See, Beach Boys. I always song. feel like I Get Around is the better version of Surfing USA. I like all of them. Yeah, I like right, all you of them. You do. Zach, take us home for my number one. Number one. Okay. You made me happy, Zach. Even though you're lying to <laughs> you know I buy it. You, you know made me so happy just You then. trolled the audience, Joel, and now me. If you hadn't already included that in your number one worst, I'd have believed you. Terrible. terrible. And in your <laughs> There we go. Terrible. And the my favorite Beach Boy song is I love yes, Good vibrations. I think it's funny. Our lists really do overlap. They do, but at the same time, look at our number ones. We have Good Vibration, God, God Only Knows, and Surfing USA. I think that encapsulates the flavor of if the Beach Boys. If you were to Boys. pick three, yes. the three best Beach Boys songs, well, I think that, that's I your list. Say three, but like the three, this is the sampler platter of what you should listen to because you get 
the the amazing Good Vibrations uh, track, you get the beautiful God Only Knows, and then you get the fun poppy Surfing USA. Okay, but the real test of time is like, do they hold up? Do these songs sound dated? Oh, totally. These three songs we just picked. Sometimes no, though. No, okay. Surfing USA definitely does. Sure. I don't think Good Vibrations does. I think it holds up. I think Good Vibrations definitely because feels more hippy dippy seventies to me. But, God only knows yeah. could play today. I think so too. Here's what Any I want to know: like for people that maybe haven't given the Beach Boys the time of day, has this episode inspired you to listen? Yeah, uh, or not does. at all? Do do we play some of these songs and talk about them, and it just sounds like we're old fuddy duddies talking about a classic? But sure. l- like show this episode classic to your band. dad. This is the episode yes. to your dad to listen to Bacon Sale. Yeah, my dad true. will be like, "You put it in your room, blah." I think he doesn't like that one. Let us know for sure. We'd like to know, and especially if this format works out, because there are other bands we oh, would like to yeah. uh, venture into. Yeah. yeah, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If we did not talk about your favorite, let us know. Absolutely. Before we go, I'd like to give a shout out to our patrons, in particular, Terry Finlay, Adrian Gray, Chris Drought, Braden Winterton, Colton Cook, Jennifer Kokowski, Sean Sanquist, Kyler Just Wants Joel's Approval, <laughs> Alicia Bass, and Crew Gratz. True congrats to Jacob on the Chalupa Twins Dutler. Uh, those are the I Am Listener tier. And then we have our Baking Council, which includes Nicole D. Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, Stephen Ross, Matt's Mudro, and Reverse Listener. Hey. Thank you for being patrons, and thank you to all the patrons out there. Definitely. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform Saturday nights online currently, but hope to be back in the theater soon. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram before I leave social media for good, because it feels like a good time to do so, <laughs> it's at Kenny3DD. And if you want to read my upcoming movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. And if you want to connect with me, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at Tumbling Mustard. But make sure you're most importantly following Bacon Sale on all your social media. Give a like on Facebook and then follow at Bacon Sale on Instagram and Twitter. And while you're doing that, you can head over to tpublic.com slash bacon sale where you can pick yourself up a new t-shirt. That uh, that new bacon hazard design. Yep. That's pretty great. Uh, recently saw, oh, who was it? Rocking the mask. Uh, that was Ryan Farron. Ryan Farron rocking the mask at church. Way to go. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's pretty Bring great. Bring to church. That's pretty great. And then if you want to get in on the fun and support the show, you like what's going on here, go to patreon.com slash bacon sale. You can support the show. It starts at just $3 a month. So until next time. Oh, looks like my dad took the T-bird away. So the fun, fun, fun's over. Shut it down. And her, her mouth is the worst. They have babies. What says summer more than the Beach Boys? Nothing. It's the Joel's show starring me. I'm Joel. What it's gonna be, what it's gonna be. I'm excited to see what it's gonna be. We shouldn't call it Zactus, we should call it Zack Attack. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. I just got rear-ended. What are you guys doing? I had to. No, you didn't. <laughs> you was... literally didn't have to. <gasps> oh my gosh, it's John Stamos! It's a good start. We can't say bare naked ladies. No, we can't. It's a band name. Yeah, it's a bad name. I didn't know that one before, but it's <laughs> making my bad list. My bottom. That's not my bottom one. Tell is me all. Don't about your bottom. My bottom is on Greatest Hits albums. Oh man. Beat it. Beedy, 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 beedy. Your sister is brilliant. She should be on the show instead of you. 
You guys are both terrible. Come on, get me a koala. Save it for the I Hate Kokomo show. Than you'll oh, ever that's, have. that's this one. Maybe I was beat as a child while listening to this album. <laughs> hey, kids, I like rap too. All right, Ken. <laughs> I like this, Zach. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's like the Kokomo of acapella. Oh, Farmer's Daughter is nice. We would take knives. What? Girl for girl, they've got the cutest of the western states. Mid show tinkle. Da, 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 da. Well, if Joe brings up Kokomo, I'll be a little upset. So now, listener. What? Listener. No, 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 no. The listener. I knew you were going to pick this song because it is like their Empire Strikes Back. If everybody had an ocean <laughs> across the USA. That's, that's a Zach Attack? That's, 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 that's the last time a Zach Attack will ever be used. <laughs> round, round, get around, die, I get, get around. around. Get around. Woo! I get around. Get around, get around. <laughs> Zach, Zach, you're missing the singing. Zach, we need your bass line from the bathroom. Zach!